Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork, alongside D.Lou. As the K-State Wildcats season ends at the hands of the UC Irvine Anteaters in a 70-64 loss to the Anteaters, thus ending K-State season. Uh, we'll break down that game and uh, look back at the season as a whole here on this edition of the Short Side Option, the final uh, edition of the Short Side Option this season. And uh, what a season it was, though, uh, for K-State, uh, finishing out uh, 25-9 and this season. Uh, a team that there's probably a lot of, uh, a lot of K-State fans that are kind of playing the what-if game a little bit in terms of what if uh, Dean Wade doesn't get injured, uh, what if some things break a little bit differently, but uh, here's where we are, and it was a, it was still a great season for K-State uh, nonetheless. So I want to bring in uh, D'Lu here to the show. D'Lu, it's great to see you. Uh, but I wish uh, this week on the short side option we were, we were previewing a Sweet 16 matchup, uh, not a season-ending uh, wrap-up show here. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, that K-State, you know, I I didn't think K-State was going to get past the first weekend. I thought we'd get past the first round at least. Uh, but n- not terribly devastated uh, given K-State's roster situation. But a, a tough loss certainly and a, a sour note for this uh, this great senior class. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, of course, any time that you leave the NCAA tournament, it's always a, it's always kind of the worst day of the year as a as a college basketball fan uh, when when your season's over. That's why I've been saying for years, uh, college hoops should move to the bowl system, so that you know you can have a great season even though it's not a national championship, and uh, end the season on a high note with a victory. And I've I've been stumbling for that for years, but for some reason I can't get anybody to. To be receptive to that. Huh, that's interesting. I, I've never heard you stump for this. Oh, I've, many people have heard me. Many, many people, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I can't count myself as the as a person who's in the uh, many people group. No, I think bowl games for college basketball would be great. But I think after this season, a lot of K-State fans would agree with me. Would be nice. We would have gone to the Alamo Bowl this year. Maybe, oh, yeah, for sure. If not, maybe a little bit higher. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe even in the New Year's Six. Maybe so, yeah. Who I don't knows? see why not. Who knows? But anyway, uh, K-State loses one uh, to Irvine, 70-64. And it's a game that is going to be talked about probably for a while by K-State fans. And I think think where they'll start with this discussion is Bruce Weber's handling of Barry Brown's two fouls in the first half. Yeah, and that's something that we've talked about throughout the course of the season, even extending into to last season. I mean, this isn't an unknown thing. I mean, we certainly talked about it a lot last week, uh, anticipating that uh, somebody for K-State might run into some foul trouble, and we were discussing whether Bruce would change course, knowing this is a do-or-die game, uh, and we got our answer. That answer was a resounding no, that he's sticking to his guns. And I think it's clear that in his mind, for better or worse, uh, he thinks that the the proper move, the best chance to give K-State to win is to sit guys. And the the problem with that came out uh, clearly against 
UC Irvine um, because we sit Barry Brown for the better part of the first half, and he ends the game with two fouls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never picked up a foul in the second half. Yeah, and so it's when you have a short bench already that doesn't help. Uh, obviously, K State doesn't want to be in a position where McGurl is playing. 25 minutes compared to Barry Brown's 26 minutes. Um, and that really uh, that really got Brown started off on kind of a rough note. Uh, he had a pretty lousy day uh, on the court. Uh, two of nine from the field, total of five points. Um, so pretty sleepy day for him. But, you know, he hadn't really been... He'd been in kind of a general funk um, throughout the last month, month and a half. Uh, but this was clearly his his worst performance during that stretch. And I would venture a guess to say that this was his worst performance throughout the course of the year. Um, I don't know Definitely how many times Definitely he's been held to five points or fewer. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to armchair Sunday quarterback this, but... Uh, Monday quarterback, I guess. Sunday, now that we're in the, if we're talking about the college ranks. But, uh, you know, I think it was, a, I think it's the wrong move. I think it's a bad philosophy by the Scorpion. And I think it really, we really paid for it uh, on Saturday. Of course, he said after the fact that, you know, if K State would have given up a lead with Barry on the bench, uh, a lead that at one point stretched out to 10 points. Correct. Uh, that he would have made the move to put him back in. Um, you know, fair enough. It never got, K-State never surrendered the lead in the first half, but did give up a bit of a cushion uh, with Brown on the bench. Uh, what's odd, though, is that he brought Jada back in. Yep. With I was just about to point that out. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that is just beyond me why, what yep. distinction he could draw between Brown's situation and Jada's situation, uh, other than maybe he views Jada as more disposable, that he could foul out and it wouldn't be as detrimental to K-State's chances down the stretch. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to kind of get in the mind of Bruce there to see what exactly uh, was tipping the scales in his uh, analysis of, of that decision. Yeah, it, that's that's the part I was going to get into. That that makes zero sense to me. Um, why you would play Cartier uh, Jada or Cartier Cartier Jada Jada? Uh, I can't, I still that'll be something I have to work to improve uh, this off season. But yeah, um, yeah, that it, it makes no sense to me. Uh, why you would be fine playing Jada with two um, with two fouls in the first half and not be fine uh, playing Brown with two fouls. I mean, this is a guy with Barry Brown who's played top five most minutes at K-State. He might even have played second or first most. I can't I can't quite recall where he ranks on that list, but the point I'm making is that he's extremely experienced, and I don't think that this K-State team, especially with, with no Dean Wade, uh, the rest of the tournament – it was going to be really difficult to to um, make a similar type run uh, that this team did last year, but it would have. Re- it feels terrible sending this senior class out 
with the with a one and done exit. And it, in terms of seed, it's the biggest upset in the tournament, and it, and it will you know end out that way as well. So uh, a little frustrating in that <coughs> regard, but. And you know it's not just on Bruce. I mean, no, it's not. In, it's not on Bruce because it's not all on Bruce. But that's something that has to that I'd really love to see get changed going forward. Um, I mean, the, the team play. I mean, the minutes that Barry did give, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, and that when we can point to, oh well, sitting him for so long got him out of a rhythm. Whatever that may play a part or may not, but he went two of nine for five points. With two turnovers and had a few bonehead plays on defense. Yeah. So and mean, the turnover to end the game for that effectively ended the game for K State was really a, a tough one too. Yeah. So so yeah, Bruce absolutely could have called a better game, no doubt about it. But but the players for the most part didn't do their part either. I mean, even Cam finishes the game with eighteen points. But he goes four of twelve from the field. I mean, those eighteen points came. He was fouled on three pointers three times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the, all of his free throws came on three point uh, fouls, of which he made seven of those uh, from the charity stripe. Mayween, pretty solid day from him. Fourteen and twelve. Six turnovers. Six though. turnovers. I mean, X was a. Pretty much a non-factor. Four of ten, one of six from three. Uh, ended up fouling out. It's, it's, it, really, it's, and I we made this. I've made this point to you earlier this week that this team without Dean Wade is, for whatever reason, uh, you know, you, you can point to the Kentucky game last year, but otherwise, it's a pretty pedestrian team. I mean, this group. Uh, because he seemed to be the secret sauce that got us back on track when we went on that run in the conference. Uh, obviously, when he went out, K-State uh, got by TCU, but lost to Iowa State in the conference tournament. And then they go and lose uh, a game to a to an okay, but certainly not a world-beater UC Irvine team that got, uh, that got handled pretty well by... Uh, Oregon by Mighty Oregon, right? And so, I I just think that the evidence is in that this team, uh, without Dean Wade, at least in you know 2018 2019, uh, they were just okay. And yeah. that's that's maybe putting it charitable. And it's tough when you when you lose your one of your best players, right? I'm either. not being critical. Of, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that that's you know that they should have been better without him, but. I'm just saying the fact of the matter is is that we've seen this team play without Dean Wade, and I think that... Not quite the same team. No, absolutely yeah. not. And Fair, fair to say, for Especially sure. for a team that's already pretty, uh, you know, it's it doesn't have a real deep front court. Sure. Um, and so then we're having to go kind of this, I don't want to say gimmicky, but unusual super small lineup... Um, where we get into foul trouble, then we have to bring in McGurl, and it's all of a sudden you're thinking, whoa, this margin for error is really thin. Yeah, when McGurl and Shania Williams are playing, let me see here. They combined for 34 minutes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot of minutes. It's too to, much. Too much, and, and McGurl just really wasn't effective in his action. Um, 
And but but also that's our bench only played a total of uh, forty one minutes. And so you're that's thinking, pretty good. Though. That's a it's quite a few minutes. Well, yeah, because McGurl played twenty five, and so it shows you how thin. My point is that this is a really thin team. If we can't go any deeper, oh yeah, there's no questions. Then one guy off the bench with McGurl, and then all of a sudden it, you're getting into Shania Williams, Stalker, Trice. I mean, the options are just so thin. Uh, even with Dean Wade, the only guys you really like coming off the bench are uh, Jara and uh, McGurl to a degree. But when when you cut one of those guys out and the, the only viable scoring threat off the bench is McGurl, then that's a huge problem, especially when you look at what UC Irvine was doing. They had their bench uh, put up 19 points and played upwards of close to uh, 65, 70 minutes. Yeah, no, they're a very uh, Irvine. That side is definitely a very, very deep, balanced team where they will go into that bench and they will count that bench for production. Uh, Nineteen bench points for them, uh, nine bench points for us. That uh, it's it's odd that uh, a team like UC Irvine, an automatic qualifier out of the Big West. Uh, in in a, one of these four thirteen games, it's it's very rare that the thirteen seed has more depth. Certainly the case on this one. Absolutely, and part of that's Dean Wade going out, but that's only one player. I mean, yeah, I mean, and also I w- I want to backtrack here a little bit and change the subject, uh, you know, somewhat slightly here. Uh, going back to Barry Brown. Okay. Um, that I'm relatively convinced that he was injured. Throughout this this final part of the season, he just did not seem to have the type of explosiveness, the type of uh, aggression to get to the rim as often as he had. You know, just going back as far as last year, I think I saw something that he was only taking twenty percent of his shots at the rim this year, or at, during this last stretch of games. Uh, which which compared significantly further, uh, or significantly a smaller percentage. Yeah, of what I think he was I going saw to. that he was taking something like ten to fifteen percent fewer shots at, at the, the rim. rim. And you know he's been an Iron Man too. And, and Bruce said that it, as part of his reasoning for leaving him on the bench uh, while K State had that lead in the first half, which was pretty well dwindled. I mean, it was dwindled down to a 30-30 tie at halftime. But, um, you know, Barry Brown picks up his uh, his second foul with... What about 14 minutes four, left? With 14 minutes left, and K-State is ahead 13-9. Um, and K-State's able to, to get that lead out... Uh, to to a ten point lead with six minutes left in the first half, I thought that would have been a perfect time to bring him back in, and to get him a little bit more back uh, initiated into the game, and it never happened. Yeah, and there was a of course there was a a a, a moment in the action where uh, Barry went to go check himself in, and Bruce backed him off. You think so. if that if that if that lead stretches out to fifteen points, if 
it even stretches out to 20 points for the end of the half, that's a chance. That's stepping on the throat. If K State goes into that, it goes into halftime. Maybe not only a. I mean, it's probably tough to say that they'd be leading at halftime by 10 points with because at, at the 6:20 mark they had an 18 or they had a 28 to 18 lead. If they would have gone into half with let's say a five point lead, you feel a lot better about your chances than you do going in at half tied. And also not only just the way what the score was at half being tied, but the way it kind of got tied with UC Irvine really grabbing the momentum kind of down that stretch and K-State being very stagnant offensively and uh, UC UC Irvine hitting that three-pointer right before half uh, to tie it up. You felt at that point when that game was tied going into halftime, you felt that K-State really let a golden opportunity go. And uh, that was a, a golden opportunity that they'd you know, never quite get back. Yeah, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a shame it worked out that way. I mean, there were plenty of chances in the second half still, obviously. I mean, the game was tied oh, at halftime. Oh, yeah, sure. The but, game was tied at halftime, but you kind of feel like, you know, um, you know this was one that we're now, – now we're in a dogfight now. We have 20 minutes of, of basketball, and we're in a dogfight. Uh you feel like though, if you would have taken business, taken care of business that final six minutes of the first half, you'd be in pretty good shape to, you know, have this thing extended out to fifteen, you know, points maybe or so, and really be able to kind of coast uh, throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, and absolutely, and K State in in typical K State fashion uh, goes on a long scoring drought in the second half. Uh, during which time uh, Irvine goes on a 12-0 run. Uh, K-State scored only two points in about uh, six minutes of game time. And uh, by the time K-State was, that run ended, K-State found themselves down by eight points. Um, and then it's an uphill battle the rest of the way. K-State would eventually uh, get it to two points and that's as close as it would ever get. Um, yep, had the ball two points in the two points in the ball, and uh, they had that twice actually, um, with both uh, possessions uh, not ending with K State scores. Um, believe the first possession when we cut it down to two, uh, Jada missed uh, kind of like a little floater uh, along the baseline, and then uh, of course uh, I believe the other. Uh, empty trip down two, and this is just going off memory, is when uh, Barry Brown threw the ball out of bounds uh, looking for Jada on the sideline. Let me see if that's right. Yes, it is. So, yeah, pretty pretty rough stretch there. Er, oh, actually, I take that back. I take that back. So I, I, I have it pulled up now. Jada misses the little uh, floater on the, on the baseline. K-State's able to get a defensive stop. Brown misses a three-pointer, did that deep three-pointer at the, at the top of the key. Then uh, UC Irvine comes back down, hits a three. Then Jada hits that three off that great tip out by Snead, which was a heck that of a was, play. That, that was, was a heck of a play. Quite a play. And then K-State's able to stop Irvine, and then that's when uh, that's when Brown throws it away. And, and uh, that kind of puts K-State in a real tough position. Yeah, that's when the – Hefty woman started to uh, 
start warming, warming up. up her vocal cords. So, but. well, that kind of covers. I think we don't need to talk anymore about the game. Uh, folks have have had plenty of time to digest, but uh, we're we're kind of looking back at this game, and you know, you can't not just look at this game. You have to look at the entire season here as we're kind of wrapping up uh, the K State basketball season here on the short side option. Uh, Drew, I'm going to turn it, the mic over to you now. Uh, I'm curious, when you think about the 2018-19 K-State basketball season, how will you remember it? Well, you you're, you just remember it like that 2012-2013 uh, uh, season, or at least I do, where uh, you know K-State goes out and really sets the world on fire during the regular season. And gets a Dr. Pepper trophy. And built on the back of some tremendous talents. Obviously, 2012 was Rodney Magruder, and we have a bit of a three-headed monster. Um, in the 2018-2019 uh, campaign with our seniors. Uh, but ultimately, a, a disappointing finish. Um, you know, I think this year you're a little bit more... Uh, willing to overlook the finish, the the early exit, just because, as we mentioned earlier, yeah, that that when your best player goes down, and really a player that's uh, turned out to be, you know, at least in the postmortem, the linchpin of this team, um, I think it's clear that there's not a single player on this team that whose injury impacts it as much as Dean Wade's does. Sure. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting, once the Wade news came out and it became apparent that he was, was in fact done, uh, for the year, uh, I didn't have very much pie in the sky hopes for a deep run in the tournament. I, like I said, I expected us to get to the round of 32 and then bow out. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm, I, my view on this season's positive. I, oh, sure. We, you, you don't see very many conference championships in football or basketball, mm-hmm. and those are huge. Those, yeah, I mean, sure. and uh, so for this K State team to go and put the work in over an 18 game conference season, uh, come away with a conference championship trophy, I think that's a tremendous accomplishment. Notwithstanding a, a disappointing uh, performance in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I'll, I'll remember the seniors in, uh, in a great conference season and uh, ultimately a disappointing finish, but overall a very positive uh, view of this team. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite teams uh, in any sport, K-State football, Wow, K-State basketball. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm eager oh, yeah, to, this is, to talk about it. Well, so I kind of compare this team in, in a way. It's not the the because um, football and basketball are different sports when you're obviously comparing kind of the season as a whole. But I kind of can sit. I kind of look at it as similar in, in a way. I think as similar as it can get comparing. K-State football and basketball teams here in the last decade. I'm with you. Uh, to the 2012 team. Uh, football team because obviously kind of a similar type thing 2012 K-State football team number one in the nation Uh, of course Colin Klein gets injured against Oklahoma State 
maybe re-aggravates that a little bit against TCU, still able to go out there and and uh, get it done. But was really never the same player. Yeah. Kind of after after he, he got uh, knocked around a little bit and then, um, of course, uh, lose to Baylor and then get beat in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. So with this team, it's it's kind of similar with the Dean Wade injury. Mm-hmm. It, it, in, in my view... Now, granted, that 2012 team was right there as a step to win, uh, or right there on the doorstep to win a national title. Uh, number one in the BCS. Yeah, I think 2012's heights were a little higher. Sure, but, but you know, not all, not necessarily saying this team would have won the national championship or even played for a national championship. But I do think with a healthy Dean Wade all season, I think this team would have probably been a two seed at, at worst. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, a two or three seed for sure. And I think that this team definitely had the talent, had this team stayed healthy, to to make a Final Four. It, it, it's impossible to really say because there's just so much that happens during a season. But I'll look back at this season extremely fondly. This is one of my uh, favorite teams to have followed, like I said, either football or basketball at Kansas State. And maybe a little bit, uh, of course I'm going to be looking at this team fondly, but a little bit of it uh, comes back to, you know, kind of scratching your head and saying, what if? Yeah, absolutely. What, what could this team have accomplished if, if everybody stayed healthy long enough or if, you know, you had the depth to account for a serious injury? Yeah, and that's always going to be the issue, you know, with K-State. Uh, on the hardwood is it's going to be tough to have it. We've seen it in football too. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just with K State really in general. I mean, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. No, but it it has been the I case. I mean, it's easier to build depth on a basketball team. Sure, yeah, UC Irvine played eight nine guys. nine guys seven minutes or more on mm-hmm. on Friday. Now, granted, the talent discrepancies obviously a little different. I think it's fair to say that K State has. Uh, a more talented roster than UC Irvine. Yeah. I mean, despite what we saw, I, I don't think oh, that yeah. anybody would really object to that statement. But, you know, K-State doesn't have to be depending on... K-State doesn't have to be going extra small just because... Because they the had guy in the front necessity. court got yeah. small yeah. or got injured. I mean, there's, there's not really an excuse to change your entire offensive philosophy just because one player gets hurt i mean because you because having levi stockard and mccall may ween or austin trice and mccall may ween or sean or uh excuse me uh love and mccall may ween on the court at the same time any combination of those guys is too much of a liability yep. you just go out there and get another big man i mean th- that's Teams do that. Just recruit, just recruit one player who's a little better, and that shit that tips the balance. Rather than putting all the weight on all the guards, which really lends itself to foul trouble, and then uh, deeper into your bench for just the guards, which you you really shouldn't have to do. Yeah, it makes it it makes it tough. I mean. K-State, though, they do do a good job when they do go small of really defending and making, with what they do defensively, with switching uh, pretty much one through five 
and that's what Mac really brings as as your center, the bell cow, is his ability to 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 be a good defender and switch and and be a good fit for what we want to do schematically defensively. However, uh, getting a guy like Stockard, who's about the sec- is probably the second best uh, post defender, excluding Dean Wade, of course. With Trice and with Love, Trice I don't think ever really truly got there defensively in terms of being comfortable with rotations. And Love uh, and, and Nigel Shad will mention him too. I think they're just not quite there in terms of the athleticism needed uh, to be able to do that. So it makes it tough. In, in K-State, um, they've done some good things in finding some players and developing them. I think I think with what you've seen from McCallum Ween uh, in the last two years, I I think he is a, a better, more consistent player th- at the end of this year than he was last year at any time. So I'm hopeful that he'll take another another nice step here uh, going into his senior season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the bell cow, still a bit of a project. But yeah, I'll work on that ball handling a uh, little bit. Yeah, work on those mitts of his. Um, but he can. I mean, you see the you see the talent. He's got even a little bit of an inside out game too. He where he's, he's confident. He's comfortable out there to 15, 16, 18 feet. Yeah, so he can be a good player. It's just a matter of we gotta have some big guys. We gotta have some better depth because that's one thing that really since I mean excluding Dean Wade, but really since DJ Johnson, I mean yeah. go run down the list of big guys under Bruce Weber. It's a pretty short list and in terms DJ, of guys that, that DJ was his recruit. So I mean, I know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and that's what I think you're getting at here. But but you have Dean Wade and DJ Johnson and McCall Mayween, and that's been since 2012. I mean, if we want to get into Stephen Hurt, we can. Patrick Ewing, the Hurt Locker. Yeah, the Hurt Locker. But there's just not been a lot of strong post players under Bruce Weber, which. Is okay, but you you gotta have somebody there, and ideally you'd like to have a little depth, just to uh, to account for seasons like this where you know we lose one post player, and I mean because put it this way, let's say let's say the Dean Wade stays healthy and May Wing goes down, mm-hmm. that's catastrophic for this team too. Wouldn't have been as catastrophic. Oh, obviously, it would have. It would have not been good. For it, sure. It, I mean, if if we're playing Stockard for thirty five minutes a game, which is no, what we, we would have. We, we would have just gone small. That's a. I mean, if Dean Wade is acting as a five, to fit, I mean, having to be the only big guy out there, I think that's. It would have I, been I nearly as bad. I don't think it's. I don't think it's obviously as bad. Obviously, Mac doesn't bring everything to the table that Wade does. I'm not saying he does, uh, but that presents serious problems still. Because again, you're having to—if you say we're going small, then we're having to reformat everything, retool everything, play three guards plus Sneed and Wade significant minutes, and then that with a short bench with your guard players, it's like golly. I mean, you just start thinking. Neither of these guys can really get hurt without K State totally shifting its entire philosophy. 
Yeah, but one thing I will say, there aren't a lot of outside of the of the top programs in the country, not 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 even necessarily the blue blood programs, but just you know your perennial teams that are up there. Top twenty, look, top thirty programs. Yeah, top. I'd say top fifteen. We'll say. Okay. This is what I was kind of considering, but um, when you have these type of injuries, it does really kill you. There, there's a lot of teams that would be saying. So it's not just a K State thing. I, I, and that's what I want to kind of get at here is there are a lot of teams in this country that if Dean Wade, if their version of Dean Wade came, uh, you know, came struck with an injury. They would have to go through the exact same thing that K State would. So uh, uh, I I don't think it's necessarily uh, just oh K State has no talent. You know this is a this is a problem that is is prevalent for a lot of teams. And that's and that's understandable. And I completely get that. But the thing is, if you want to be a top flight team, if you want to be a team, if you want to be a team, if you want to be a player, if you want to be a team that wins a conference championship and makes a deep run to the tournament, then they you'll want to have some depth. And that's the biggest reason for like, and we're kind of getting off topic here, but that's a big reason why KU has won in so many years, is when they do have guys that maybe don't pan out like the way they hoped. Like well, they've, they've had some... They've look had, at him this year. I yeah. mean, Azabuke goes down and they're still a four seed. Yeah, and they have Azabuke go down. And now I also think the reason why they're a four seed is because... The committee very much valued their wins that they had when Ozbuki was still in the line. Fair enough. And but they were still making noise deep into the conference season. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. They were pretty, they were they were not they were more of like a seven or an eight seed. No, with, I'm, I'm saying that they were still threatening for the Big Twelve. Yeah, sure. Fairly late. I mean, end of end of And that has to do with a, a huge home court advantage, and you know their benefit of three extra players, and also uh, having a guy like. You know Mitch Lightfoot, who they a four who, star that they can pull off the bench. Yeah, and so that's, that's I think should have been playing more. I, I agree. Like I mean, based on what he did against K State. Well, even based but, upon what he did, not only against K State, but I thought he always would provide them good energy. He would always play within himself. I mean, is he the most skillful person in the world? No, but you know what? You would have looked pretty darn good in purple this year for for I'll what say. we for what we could have used. And I'm not asking for a four star off the bench. I'm asking for somebody who can defend and play offense at a level where you're not a liability. Yeah. Which maybe that's maybe my perception of what that is is so much lower than what it actually is. Maybe that there are just so few guys, so few big guys uh, available that can play at that level that I'm totally overestimating the talent pool that exists for big men in the country. But I think ultimately K-State's undoing this season, and I think certainly in the tournament uh, against UCI was K-State's lack of depth uh, and lack of ability to plug and play somebody that brings 60% of what Dean Wade does. And going completely small against a mid-major team that has a bunch of pretty big guys. Yeah, they have a good size. Um, And... Relying too much on guard play. Nope. I think that's that's pretty well said. I can't argue with it, but I don't think K State's early round. Uh, I guess well one one point for you here. Does K State's early round exit diminish their their season accomplishments to you? 
No, it, it, it would it would have been a bonus, especially because of the injury. I mean, this team yep. is what it is. Yep. I mean, it, we all know that we weren't going to be real deep. That became apparent after Trice wasn't seeing significant minutes throughout the season. That it was okay. It's this is this, what this you is see it. is what you get. Yep. And so Absolutely. for this, and team even seeing and even seeing Stockard's minutes really drop off too, uh, from a from a standpoint of where he was always the first big off the bench to not even getting to play. Uh, you know, until I, I know that Oklahoma State game where Trice got in in. Uh, got in before uh, Wainwright and really actually, I mean, played fantastic. Wainwright? Or Wainwright. I'm thinking of last year. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, Stalker. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no. Um, but anyway. Uh, it, no, to answer your question, it doesn't diminish it for me. No, it, it doesn't diminish it for you. It doesn't diminish it for me. It, it Instead of diminishing it, per se, it just makes me, you know, appreciate what the season, what the season was. And especially with what it was... I mean, there were times like after, I believe it was the Georgia State game where we were really worried about Dean Wade maybe playing again at K State. There was all sorts of um, speculation about that, and we didn't know if he was going to play again at K State. And he was able to come back about six weeks later. And what what we got from him throughout the conference season is, especially given what we know now, uh, very important to this team. Yep, and a, a great. Uh, a great regular season, not a great postseason, uh, but overall still a great season uh, for Kansas State and the Hardwoods. So. Yeah, a, a tragedy uh, that occurred, but under the circumstances, nothing too shocking uh, in the tournament, And uh, but a great season nonetheless. Great season nonetheless. Well, that'll do it for this first part of uh, the season finale of the Short Side Option Podcast. We will be back after a short break here to wrap it up with Ask the Icon. Join us after the break. I made no promises. I can't do golden rings, but I'll give you everything. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. Season finale of the Short Side Option Podcast, where we're getting into our final segment the show, the final segment of the season, really. Segment we call Ask the Icon. And if you've been listening to the short side option uh, throughout the season, and I pray that you have, uh, you know that there's a multitude of ways uh, to submit your questions to the short side option's very own icon, uh, where he'll answer them. And one of the ways you can do that is submit, a, submit those questions to us on Twitter, which many do. Uh, other ways are available as well. And listener Steve Z submitted a question last week that we didn't get to. We overlooked. And that's, you know what? That falls on me. That's a bad job. Yeah, that's a, ba- that's a bad job by you there. Um, he submitted his question uh, in one of those alternative uh, avenues. Uh, may have been by text. May have been by carrier pigeon. May have been by uh, punching me in the face and me just forgetting about it. But point is, we're getting to it now. Okay? So stop talking about it. That's right. Stop bringing... Stop- Denigrating us on Twitter about it. Just shut up. We're getting to it. Okay? So we'll, right. so we'll get to it right now. Uh, Stevie's question is as follows. <clears throat> Dearest Icon, I've never been to Taco John's nor Jose Peppers. I hear your co-host is a fan of one, possibly both. The co-host referring to me. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Stay with me here. Stevie continues... 
since this is your segment and not his, what three menu items would he recommend for me to try? Okay. So I think Steve Steve is, is asking, asking me what me, you he's asking the icon what D Lou would recommend for Steve Z to try at one or both of those uh, fine establishments. Well, D Lou, uh, during our last commercial break. Well, not really a commercial break, but just our last break. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the short side option, maybe if you're the fine folks at Jose Peppers or Taco John's are listening right now, they they may uh, this may catch their interest. But uh, speaking of advertisements, just got an advertisement via email uh, from Jose Peppers uh, tomorrow, being Thursday, March twenty eighth. Today, we're recording Wednesday night, but you'll be listening to this Thursday. Yeah, they'll hear this in the future. Yeah. Uh, it's Throwback Thursday at Jose Peppers, which entitles you to their special and your favorite menu item, the Monterey Chicken Burrito mm. for five ninety nine. And folks, let me tell you, there's no better deal in town. Oh, you, I got to say, you got that exactly right. I was going to let you just run through all three of these, but you nailed number one. Number one is With a that. bullet. Number two, if I was to guess, is Chips and Espinaca. From um, Jose Peppers, and it's not really necessarily a menu item per se. Oh, it's a menu item. You but, order it. Well, no, this is the next one. I, oh, I'm getting okay. to number three here. Is uh, what you wash it all down with. <laughs> What's that? That's a cherry Pepsi. That's a cherry Pepsi. That's exactly right. And that's a strong. Now order. you know what though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rule your third guess. Not, no, okay. Number one and two, you nailed. Number okay. three, I'm going Taco John's. Okay, going back to Taco John's. I'm picking here. up some potato olays. Oh yeah, potato olays, of course. But you know, I've never been with you to uh, to Taco John's. Um, I don't go there very often, really. It, it's it's it's, it's right. I do like Taco John's, fine, but uh, your I mean your love for Taco or Taco John's is. Is there, but your love for Jose Peppers is extremely well documented. Yeah, I love that place, man. I think it's the I think it's the best Mexican food you can find. Um, I think they always have really clean restaurants and, and they have service. great service. Yeah, great service. You do a great job there. They do a very good job there. They they keep those cherry Pepsi's coming because you know what? When you're guzzling down one of the Monterey chicken burritos or espinaca, and you know what? They have good salsa too. I love their salsa. Yeah. They just do a great job. They do a great job. Great job by them. Yeah. Uh, so, great question by, uh, by Steve Z. Sorry uh, for the tardiness of the response, but you know what? We got it in. So, like I said, stop talking. Just shut up about it. Would you? Uh, next question comes from listener Chris Hansen at chansen 88 He asks, if a team wins their 20th game in the NIT, did they have a 20-win season? Um... Uh... I, this is a really tough question for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. It's regular season and conference tournament only. I think that's fair. I think, I, good job by you. I like that. Uh, next question comes from listener Eric at, uh, I forgot. He, he, I think he, it's E. Rennick. E. Rennick, yeah. Is, is how it's. I, I know he sent us the. Uh, have you not? Have you not been? Have you not been studying? I need to, but E. Rennick. Uh, Eric asks, "What are your top three golf courses around Kansas City?" 
And he asks, have you ever played Buffalo Dunes or Southwind in Southwest Kansas? Uh, being from Southwest Kansas, you may think that I would have played either Southwind or Buffalo Dunes, but I have not. So um, I'll be home uh, back in Scott City, America, probably here in the next month or two. Maybe take a, get a chance to go out there and play at that time. But I have not played either Buffalo Dunes or Southwind. Um, both regard as, as some of the best courses uh, in the state of Kansas. In terms of top three uh, golf courses here in Kansas City, I am a very much a novice um, golfer. But uh, typically, when if I'm in, I haven't played a full 18 in, in a number of years. But I do. I will run out there and play. Uh, you know, just a par three, nine hole course if if time allows. And um, it, it's I guess it, it's called. I believe it's uh, Overland Park. They just have a nice little yeah op. It's the and there's a name for it. and It's escaping me. I think it's called like the Lady Sykes uh, par three course. I can't remember exactly. The little par three course. Out yeah. Of the yeah. Yeah. It, but yeah, I used to, I played in a golf league there. Did you in grade school? Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little par three. It's very straight, very easy. If you're really looking to wrap something out quick, that's a great one to go to. But I will also throw in another uh, course that uh, I haven't played 18 on, but I know uh, it's well well thought of. But I have played the par three course out there uh, just uh, just this last summer, and I really liked it because it was it was a little bit longer of a par three course and. Just, I mean, because uh, the one in Overland Park is real straight, real short. Uh, but uh, out of Longview Lake, out in Lee mm-hmm. Summit, they have a nice par three course um, that, uh, you know, gives you some challenging shots. That's a great, that's a great golf course. Yeah, too. Longview Lake. Uh, it's, I think it's now called Fred Arbanis Golf Course. But uh, very nice course. Um, challenging par three. So if you're, you know, maybe don't have time for a full 18, that's one I definitely recommend as well. Absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to uh, our next question from listener Trim. Trim Goema. Okay. What's he got for us? He's, got a, he's taking us out to the island, man. Uh, oh, when, what a finale it was last night. Yeah. Trim asks, beyond the six-month updates we saw, what are your predictions for each of Timpty Isles couples? And he includes ex-couples. Okay. He says, please also speculate on what's happened with Brittany and other lesser tempters and temptresses of your choosing. Okay, so let's let's kind of let's recap. I'll, recap. I'll, I'll let you. So Evan and Casey Splitsville, mm-hmm. of course. Evan now engaged to be married with Morgan. Yeah, how about that, huh? Who saw that coming? I'll tell you, who didn't see that coming. Deloy, Casey. Oh yeah, well Casey <laughs> did not. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was an uncomfortable. Uh, 10 or 15 minutes of television. Oh, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but, so they're gone. Um, let's see here. John Katie, they're gone. Uh, they're, they've gone their separate ways. Yeah. Uh, Carl and... Nicole. Nicole, thank you on the name. I was kind of struggling there. They have uh, also gone their separate ways. And in a very touching moment. Yeah. Last night. America's between, Sweethearts. Between Javen and Shari. Uh... They're engaged to be married. Yeah. They, Happened right there on Temptation Island. Yeah, Javen popped a question last night, and I think... Th- You'll love to see it. Yeah, if those two kids can't make it, who can in this crazy world? Um, but did, does anybody, anything jump out at you in terms of these people's future? 
I think it's fair to say that Javed and Shari, long, happy marriage. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also fair to say that uh, Evan and... Uh, Evan and... Who's the temptress? Who's Evan's fiance now? Morgan. Morgan. I think it's fair to say that they might have a tumultuous future. Could be. Because, man, Evan's kind of a scumbag. I like Evan, so <laughs> lay off, okay? But uh, Trim also asks about Brittany. You uh, hated her. I She just gave me the creeps. She's this really uh, granola yoga yeah. type person. I, didn't, who, I never cared about who, Whose sole existence was to corrupt people and try to get them to cheat. She took, she reveled in being a temptress. She did. Uh, she, now she, her main target was Carl, correct? At one point, but it also she had eyes for Evan at one point. And uh, I don't think she and John ever hit it off romantically. But anyway, I she just gave me the creeps. I imagine that she's going to be out gallivanting in the woods doing pagan rituals and sacrificing goats and <laughs> that sounds about right to me i think you know i think you painted that one right. praying to the moon and yeah. that type of thing but all in all great season for temptation island uh it drew i want to thank you i, for I know me, i turned you bring, on to that bringing show. me it's, into the fold it's great television i know it sounds ridiculous and trashy when you explain it it, and is, it, it, it is it is it's, yeah, it, it's all it's all those things which but, is why it makes it great but it's I started watching it kind of sarcastically, like, oh, let's, you know, find a guilty pleasure show. But then it's like, oh, this is gripping television. Oh, yeah. And it, it really And how about Mark Wahlberg I genuinely like as the host? Doesn't he do just such a great job of keeping the thing moving along? Yeah, you know what I realized last night, though, watching the finale? What's it's that? a different Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, how about that, huh? It, it finally dawned on me. I was like, wait a second, this isn't... This isn't Marky Mark of uh, the Funky Bunch. No, this, is, this isn't... Mark Wahlberg of uh, the other guys' fame. He was in that, right? Yeah, of course uh, it was. It's it's Mark Wahlberg of uh, Temptation Island fame, as it turns out. But but he does such a great job. And I think he they, it says he all he also hosts Prices Right sometimes. And oh, I bet he's great on there. Yeah. Anyway, great show. Can't wait for season two. They're they're uh, asking for casting now. So if you and your uh, misses or your uh, Mister. Or if you there. just want to uh, be a tempter, be a tempter or a temptress. But if you are in a relationship and you're looking for an excuse to get out of it, go to Temptation Island because the uh, the odds of coming out of that trip uh, still together is. We saw on this one seventy five percent. You're gonna split. Yeah. Up. yeah so. Um, so anyway, great question by Trim. Love talking Temptation Island. There's might be a spinoff of the short side option in the future where we just jump right into just being full on Temptation Island coverage. Could be. It's definitely something that we've uh, we've had long meetings in our boardroom about, and uh, we're going to be talking to Jose Peppers and Taco Johns to see if that's something they might be interested in in bankrolling. But uh, it's it's certainly on the radar. Maybe when I visit Mr. Pepper tomorrow for lunch, I'll uh, he'll bring me into his. His back office. Yes, and to, line to up where, some stogies. Where we'll have a very serious business meeting uh, over our Monterey chicken burritos. Yeah. Also, tell my for me. I used to oh, babysit his kids. I will. I know he always holds you in the highest regard. Yeah, well, I certainly respect him. Uh, next question comes from listeners' email boys. 
Email underscore boys on Twitter. The boys ask, who has the softest hair between you and Drew? Oh, I do. I have have much softer hair than you. Yeah, no question about that. Great question, but very obvious answer. The icon's hair is unrivaled in its... It's long. I need to get it cut. Yeah. It's mm, shaggy. It's... If I can fill the listeners in here, it's hanging down about... It's over my uh, ears. It's two off centimeters my over the ears. It's bad. Yeah. It's really so, bad. Uh, but Icon's hair is softer, of course. Uh, Mr. President is submits the next question. Michael Beasley for KSU Minister of Culture at KSU underscore funny 33. He asks, who's going to be left sitting on the Iron Throne? No, this is a Game of Thrones things. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch it either. I grind on sports stories and Temptation Island. Icon? I think you said it all, man. I, I, I've never watched a single moment. Of... Uh, I know that there's somebody named Ned Stark on that show. Well, I know that the only person Sansa I know... Sansa Stark? You know, the only person I know is Jon Snow. Oh, yeah. So that's... And, yeah, and Jon Snow. Jon Snow is going to sit on the throne. Because so, that's, that's literally the only person yep, I know. Yeah, I, I knew that one. I, and yeah, the, you knew that. The, the Grey King? The Blue King? The Dead... I don't know. Yeah, that, well, Jon Snow. That's let's John, just let's just leave it there. Jon Snow we'll, on the Iron Throne. Uh, it's a strong question. Sorry, we just the icon is befuddled. I uh, yeah, you know, during the summer, I, I believe. Do you know when Game of Thrones comes on? Probably in the summer. Yeah. See, I'm too busy reviewing game film at that time. Yeah. To to really. Spend much time with your nose is just buried in Phil Steele. Well, and then also uh, depth charts. I mm-hmm. love looking at depth charts. Yeah, and well, and not just of the college ranks, but the high school ranks. Too. Yeah, I um, like looking through, you know, what, uh, and also community college too. I want to see what um, Garden City has on their two deep, and also see what uh, the Pratt Greenbacks have returned on their on their two deep as well. Yeah, so. I I think speaking of, I think Pratt's gonna have. They were very good this year. A team like that, program like that, they don't rebuild, they reload, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Eloquently said they're deluded. Our, uh, our, our, uh, our hearts are certainly in Pratt, as they always are. Um, next question comes from listener K Slim on Twitter, at K-S-L-I-M-B-L-B-3. Okay. You know that? Got it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, listener K Slim asks, would you rather be really good at golf, but only get to play three to four times a year? Oh, man. Or really bad at golf and get to play every day? Well, I'm really bad at golf uh, at this point, but, and I only probably play a handful of weekends um, anyway, as it is right now. Um, to answer his question, I'd rather be just really good. Yeah. I mean, Easy. But I do like, even though I'm not really any good... And just kind of struggle struggle along out there a little bit. It's always still fun to, to go out on a nice day. As long as it's my my definition of a nice day. Uh, Any time between really now since it's the beginning of spring. And uh, kind of to where, you know, you can still go out golfing um, into November. I mean, depending, even, even sometimes even into December. In January, if the weather cooperates with you, you'll get a nice weekend. Um, but as long as it's just not overly hot, I'll go out anytime. I don't mind a little bit of wind. I don't mind, um, you know, a cloudy overcast day. 
as long as it's not 95 degrees and sun's beat down on you the entire day, I'll, I'll be out there anytime I can be. But, um, yeah, hoping to get out there on the links a little bit more, uh, get on the links a little bit more this summer. So I'm hoping for, hopeful for that. <clears throat> you know who loves golf? My neighbor, the accountant. Yeah? Is yeah. that fact? Is That's right. Goofy pants? Goofy pants. Pretty big caboose too. Uh, that's that's typical. You know what I've been doing to get ready for for my golf golf season, so to speak. What's that? Well, so where I work at down down in uh, Kansas City, there's a subway nearby, mm-hmm. and they've got cold cut combos. I eat three every day to stay strong. Can I get one of those? <laughs> Talk about a hole in one. <laughs> okay, we'll get into our final question. Of this season of the short side option. The final question of the final segment. I think it's an appropriate one. All right. I'm looking forward to this. It comes from listener Steven at BeantownCat22 on Twitter. Steven asks, Hello, Mr. Icon. Hello, Steven. What life skill or hobby are you looking forward to pick up uh, between now and football season since you'll have so much free time? Well, uh... I don't know about so much free time because as we've talked yeah, about as jokes. we've talked about my off season preparation is well documented how how rigorous it is. Yeah, you're reading Athlon cover to cover. Yeah. And I'm reading not only that, I'm also um, Lindy's. Lindy's parade. The art of war. I I'm I fashion myself as a very well read uh, college football prognosticator. Mm-hmm. And uh after last year's ten and two production, I I need to uh, to get uh, get back on the right side of things. But you know what, Drew? I don't know if I'm gonna have to change my prediction much. Oh, just a little spoiler alert! That's what we call in the business a tease, folks. Write that one down. And a bit of a callback too. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know. But to answer uh, Stephen's question, and I thank him very much for that. Uh, the summer is gonna be. Um, the off season, so to speak, is going to be a lot of Yankees baseball. Like I said too, in a previous question, it's going to be a lot of. Uh, I'm going to try to get on the golf course a little bit more this uh, this summer, and then I would like to. Um, there's a card game I'd like to learn how to play. What's that? My uh, my folks had always used to play with other uh, couples, and uh, that's called bridge. <laughs> you had to get into bridge. I, I've never known how to play, it, and I know it's a like you said, it's a life kind of a life hobby, and I love playing cards. Know how to play pitch, know how to play gin rummy, know how to play all the games really, but pitch or or excuse me, bridge is one that I don't know how to play. What what do you think about uh, forgetting all that stuff and focusing on your bowling? Well, bowling is never. Too far away from the mind. That's true. So that's true. that's that's an insight. But you know that's the thing too, though. Uh, getting a little bit of extra time uh, out during the summer and get on the lanes a little bit more. I think that's. Uh, I think you're just maybe the man to be to be dragging me to the lanes too. I think so. I think so, so. I think that uh, you know it's going to uh, it's going to be a nice off season, but this off season will not go without self improvement, which I believe is what. That's goal number four. That's right, and we're gonna be tough too. We're gonna we we're gonna improve every day as men, as boyfriends, sons, brothers, football bridge, players, bridge players, bridge players, everything, you name it. You know they say that championships are actually won in the off season. 
That is true. That that is that is a well known saying. So I think we're gonna. I'm gonna spend the rest of my evening meditating on that, and devising a plan to move forward to do what I can to win a championship in all sorts of aspects of life next season. And for that, I commend you. I truly do. And folks, that's going to wrap us up here for uh, the season two. It's the conclusion of season two here on the short side option. Wow. Season oh, one, of course, was football season. Season one, of course, was football season. Uh, we made the transition to season to naming the episode season two at, at the start of basketball season. Uh, or kind of towards the heart of basketball season. We sometime in basketball season yeah. <laughs> is really to say, uh, but Hard to delineate. At, at, actually, it was it was definitely after the uh, definitely after uh, the uh, the football cleats were hung up. Sometime in December. Sometime in December, roughly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that'll do it here uh, for us on the short side option. However, just because the season is wrapped up, we will be coming to you uh, throughout the off season sporadically, checking in, checking in. Uh, giving you folks, so don't think you can slack off. Yeah, don't don't for a minute think that uh, you're you can get comfortable with us here. Because when you least expect it, we're gonna we're gonna line up heavy to the wide side. <laughs> we're gonna pull come, a fast one on you and come back barreling down on the short side, on the short side option. So, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for not just listening to this episode, but listening. All season with us here on the short side option. We look forward to bringing you antidotes from the off season and getting you ready for K-State football next season. Folks, thanks for listening, and go Cats. Go Cats!